0: shabbat shalom
1: everyone shabbat shalom shabbat shalom shalom
2: shabbat shalom.
0: welcome back hebrew congregation episode 102 we're on episode 102 hebrew congregation we would love for you to join us we ask that you share our episodes um, you can come on uh, you can just uh not say anything or you can join us and join in and talk so we're always open for discussions speaking of discussions as I go up and down my Facebook or just talking with people, there's a lot of grief in the land. Me being 50, uh, a lot of my peers, being my age, we've experienced someone close who we've lost, whether it's a child, whether it's a parent, whether it's just someone that's very close to them. And I think we need to have this discussion. And that's why it's great to have uh, the Hebrew congregation in Houston, because we talk about social issues that you don't get in churches. We talk about uh, us being the original Jews. We talk about us being in the Bible. We teach on these things. So let's talk about that. Um, We're open for discussion. You can unmute your mics. How do you deal with grief? I'm Easter, we're doing an Easter keeping it real. You tell me, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with grief? How do you deal with death? How do you deal with thinking like, why did this person die? This is unfair. Uh, I was just talking to them. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Or why couldn't God just kill a cat or a dog? Because these things have gone through my mind at times too. So let's have this discussion. Think about it. All right, well, I'll go ahead. I know everybody's thinking about it, about someone that was close to them. Let's start off with some scriptures. Psalm nine and nine says, the Lord is, is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in a time of trouble. Another Psalm 34 and 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Your heart is broken that time. that time. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The only way you can give God his word and won't go void is to what, study his word. Those are scriptures. And if you say, God, you said that you would uh, heal, the, be close to the broken hearted. You said, I'm crushed and you'll heal me in spirit. You gotta give him his word back, study to show yourself approved. So people say, you know, Easter, you know, to be absent from the body is close to the Lord. We, we hear all those things. But how do we deal with this grief? How how, how do I get by day to day? Me, I've dealt with grief. I've had my mother pass. I've had a 21-year-old sister pass. I was 15 years old. Um, I've had an uncle pass that lived in the house with me. How did I deal with that grief? That's the time where God wants you. He, He wants you in that 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 broken situation so you can call on him and say you know what God if you real because it almost becomes like a blasphemy it all it almost becomes like you're trying to test him and I'm just telling you how I deal with it if you are real God I need to hear from you if you're a real God I need for you to come see about me if you are a real God I, I need to know that you exist and when you start reading and talking to the Lord like that that's having a what? Intimate relationship with him. And I promise you, he will come and see about you because he came to see about me. And you have people coming all the time saying, hey, the Lord told me to tell you this. And I'm a stubborn person. Tell God to tell me himself. Oh, I got slayed in the spirit. I got closer. I can hear his voice. Well, I need to experience that myself because I don't know if you're friends with the pastor and you just falling out just to fall out because we all know some people just fall out every week. Let's keep it real. This is Easter. keeping it real. How did you deal with this grief? Only God can help you deal with this grief. Only he can give you a peace beyond understanding. Only he can do things in your life at that time and open up doors that you know that he did it. And it doesn't even have to be a death. It could be you losing your job. It can be your kids acting up. It could be you going bankrupt. These are all the things that people commit suicide over. Bankruptcy, people leaving them, a husband or wife, a partner, drugs, death, all losing a job. You're gonna have to call on his name and you're gonna have to talk to him like he's right next to you and he's in the room with you. And he will show up and show out in your life, I promise you. That's the only way you're going to deal with this. Can't nobody give you that. And I'm going to tell you another thing. Once God does that and he fixes you, there's really, it's a power that you have that can't nobody take away because things will start coming at you. And you'd be like, listen, I survived my mother dying. I survived a 21 year old sister dying. I survived being a single parent with, with three kids, uh, biologically one and raising two that wasn't mine, what are you gonna do to me? What can you do to me? You can't take away my peace. The devil, he would have had me then when I was on the ropes, almost in blasphemy, drinking, crying, this big. You didn't succeed then, so what are you gonna do to me now, devil? You have a power then that they can't touch your peace and you won't let nobody touch your peace. That's how you deal with it. Day to day, talking to him. It's not even going to the church. This is intimate where he can, he's an omnipresent God. He can come anywhere, anytime, wherever you are. He can show up and show up. I've had children give me a a revelation, kids and didn't even know it give me a word from God, bring me a message. I've been sitting there watching TV and got the answer. That's not by, oh, that just happened to happen. No, that's his power of God. You know, I was talking to a guy today and he told me he almost died twice. He said that he had a tumor in his brain but he was having trouble hearing. Of course he didn't know the tumor in his brain. So he went to the ear doctor and the ear doctor said, yeah, you're deaf out of that ear. But there's no reason you're supposed to be death out of that ear. She said, I can't find anything wrong with your eardrum. So she sent him to a neurologist and they found the tumor. And she, the, the neurologist said, if you would have waited another week, you would be dead. So they took the tumor out of his brain. And he had to relearn different things. But doesn't that tell you that there's a time and a date for everybody? I don't care if your loved one been been murdered or they went to sleep peacefully, or they died in a car accident, or they bumped their head on the curb, or they drive a drug, a drug overdose, whatever the situation, that was their time and date. Cause God could have, he could have healed them, or he could have sent someone to step in. Him taking that man's ear was the Lord stepping in so he can go to the ear doctor so they can tell him to go to a neurologist to save that man's life. And I said, well, why did God save your life? He said, I don't know. But then he started talking about foster kids. This man is in his his mid fifties and he got a three month old and a three year old. I said, that's why God saved you for them to father them. He wasn't done with you yet. You don't know what would have happened to those kids. Your purpose. Easter, why are we talking about this? Because you cannot let go. You cannot let go of the Lord's hand. I'm pleading with you. He is real. Keep holding on to his hand. Give him his word. Read the scripture. God, you said in Psalms 9 and 9, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. I'm feeling oppressed a stronghold in the time of trouble. God, you said in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. God, my heart is broken. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. We are not put here to stay. He's given us a magnificent memory to remember, remember those people. And I was selfish too and said, oh, if my mother could have stayed, she would have, no, she wouldn't have. She is in paradise, no more pain, no more turmoil. That's a selfish spirit that we have. There's a time in a day and it's not if, it's when. And we have got to understand that and we cannot fall apart. We can cry, we can feel down, but you have got to kick the dust off your feet and keep moving. You have got to keep praying. You have got to keep going on. You have got to know your power. And what doesn't break you make you stronger. Because after you go through that, somebody can sit there and say, hey, listen, you fired today. And you can sit there in your mind and say, did this man or this woman think they're going to break me because they fired me today? I know God's going to open another door and feed my family because I've been faithful and I'm standing on his word. Or I've been at a time where I felt like nothing and he came to me. So what makes you think He's gonna leave you now? Matthew six says he, he even clothed the ground. What makes you think he's gonna not clothe you? And he put grass on the ground. He feeds the birds. What makes you think he's not gonna feed you? You got to have a crazy faith. I keep telling you, you got to have a crazy faith, or this world will break you. Oppression will break you. Suicidal thoughts will kill you. The devil will murder you. And that's even not a physical death. It's real out here. And we are at an age now where it's all around us. And I read the scripture last week. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. We have about three more years of it. It's just now kicking up the revelation of it all. How are you handling your grief? How are you handling your disappointments? How are you handling failure? You don't have a place to live? There's shelters out there. There are soup kitchens out there that's temporary that's just an opportunity for you to get a job and get on your feet you've been fired go find another job someone dies give it you can cry but give it to the lord don't stay there because you gotta cross that road too you could have to go one day too we all do anybody else have anything else to say how are you How do you deal with grief? That's how I deal with grief. That's how I dealt with grief. That's how I live my life. I get sad, I cry, but I go on. And I know that better days are ahead. The mics are open.
1: Um, Good day everyone. No. Shalom. Shalom. Uh, Let's give you a moment. Uh, I want to read from Second Chronicles, verse 6. Verse, uh, 2 Chronicles 6 29. Whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people, Israel, when each one knows his own burden and his own grief, and spread out his hand to the, to the temple. And like in my own personal experience, I think uh, as Madame rightly said, everything we have to submit to God first because it's a difficult moment whereby you're just sitting, like you go through a lot of stuff thinking, like because it's difficult to lose a, lo- a, a, lo- a loved one. Someone you have been together for ages. Suddenly you can't find the person again. Like, the word is is of no meaning to such, and if we go down to uh, sorry, but in another way you can handle it. Someone just have to be gentle with himself. But grief is exhausting. So, and the only suggestion I have that someone during the period of intensive stress cover time for naps eating nourishing food and drink plenty of water
0: mm-hmm.
1: because because at this point like because i can remember there's a time i lost my younger brother a long time ago i i went out when i came back evening time so i asked my sister where's uh abdul she said ah she went to my uncle's place to go and pass a night. I said, ah, we've been together in this house more than 10 years. There's never a day this guy slept outside. That night, they couldn't tell me anything. I couldn't sleep. I'm just feeling something like, before daybreak in the morning, like 8 o'clock in, in the morning, people gather on our company crying. I said, what happened? Someone just briefed me that Abdul have died. That a car hit him on his way back from the town all that so like i was sitting i lost myself i couldn't eat when i couldn't do anything because s- some people gave up with grief because it is a battle that you always suffering is like is an internal pain
0: yeah. It's a
1: gradual process for someone to relieve from such condition and is the most importantly is to go close to god and make a prayer uh-huh. even when you even when you when you when you try to attend a business that even lost out of the business or else, financially things are down it has happened to me i i invested in a business not that i invest in a business like uh, the profit the money i was expecting you couldn't come but i have a lot of hope that i have to send some goods to clear so i alone because no one can solve the problem i'll be the one to solve the problem i can't run to anybody oh i need this i need that i was sitting for morning tonight, just thinking the way out I i dozed off i slept off i couldn't i like just something like that remember, what am i doing am i because it is it, it will start as if life is leaving you gradually mm-hmm. so I just what i just do i just refresh myself take a bath and walk out in a garden because when you are in a grief, you don't have to stay alone. It's not good. Try to be around people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or you can take a walk to a garden, just see the natural surrounding, and take a walk around. It's very important.
0: Yes. Thank you so thank you so much, Gideon, for your testimony. It is important to keep moving. You have to keep moving. You have to keep eating and nourishing your body. Like you said, you have to keep giving the word of God, reading it and saying, God, you said this, God, you said that he is not a liar. If you give him his word, he's going to honor it. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. I've lost a lot of money before too. call myself going into some stock market. Somebody ripped me off. It was, it was a lot of money. That was devastating to me but you can't let those situations break you. You can't, because that happened to you, say, all oh, certain certain people or this or that. That's what the devil will win. That's a grieving moment when you send a lot of money and you do an investment and it goes under. Those are the things that people kill themselves about. Money, things like that, relationships. And that's why we need to talk about this. How do you deal with grief? Anybody
3: else? I think that each situation is different and each of us are different in our, from where we come from and where we, our belief system is and how we interpret and understand the word. So it didn't, I think that, you know, there's no magic formula for it, except for the fact that each, each situation is going to be different depending if, if a person's been ill and they've been suffering sometimes we ask the father to let his will be done because we don't want people to suffer uh, you know and and that's a different you still grieve because you miss the person but it actually can be a, a relief for you because they're no longer suffering and if you believe and if you trust the word then you understand that they are still alive You can't see them, but you understand that they still live according to the word, right? And again, at the end, there's the resurrection. And so, but now when someone is taken from you by the hand of man, that's a different situation. Now you have to understand and still trust God, but understand that all things work together for good of those that love him. So there's a good purpose in it in every situation whether it was the person was taken by sickness, disease, or by murder, or just um, whatever it is, we have to understand and realize again, that no matter what happens, he is in control, no matter what the circumstance is, And then when stress comes in, of course, like when you lose a business or you lose money, that's stress, okay? That's a stressful situation, that's different. Then you deal with that in a different way, again, understanding that he is still in control. And if, if when I lost my job, I just said, okay, I'm gonna go start another business or I'm gonna do something else. So we, again, that's mind frame and trusting that he is in control in every situation. He's in control. So um, that's my, but that's coming from me, right? My life circumstances uh, of, of, of having to deal with death um and again it's not death to me it's transitioning and i know because i know again all things work together for good of those that love him that are called according to his. if i believe that and trust that if i believe and trust what the scripture says there will be a resurrection um and again i have to trust that because without that then what is there and if i can look up and see the sun if i can feel the rain and the wind on my face i know that there is a creator that put the sun in the sky, the moon and the stars, and they were there, placed there for signs of a season. He is in control of everything, everything, and he gave us examples. David lost a son, a child. He he fasted and he prayed, and the, and the child died, and then he got up, dusted himself off, at a meal, and went to work because he said, well, you know, uh, if the father was going to save him, he would have saved him. So there must have been a purpose for it, and when. Jacob, when Yaakov passed, and 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 Yosef was there, and he he wept for his father, and then he got up and went on his way.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But Abraham, Avinu, when he passed, then again his Isaac, and um, Ishmael, they grieved for their father, they cried, mm-hmm. and they buried their father. So we weep because our bodies are going to well up, and they're going to cry, but because we're going to miss that person, we we miss the the camaraderie, we miss the laughing, we miss the arguing and we miss the, the bickering, but we miss those people for some reason. Friends, close friends, when they all of a sudden they're gone, then we say, I miss that person so much. But remember, that person never dies. He just goes into another state and waiting for you and is cheering. Those people are cheering us on. And if we can believe and accept that, that they are there for our behalf, on our cause because they have gone through it already. We haven't, but they have, you see. So again, each person, depending on your belief in the father and depending on the situation that is in, you're gonna deal with it differently. But in the end, you must decide that he is in control. And no matter what happens, he is the one who is holding us and holding them. And, and just rest in it. Again, go ahead and grieve. If it takes you a week, grieve. A, a week, a month, grieve. Go ahead and grieve. Don't let any people tell you when how long to grieve. You grieve as long as you want to. If you want to cry, you cry. If you want to go out into the field and scream and holler, go ahead. Go out in the field and scream and holler. Whatever it takes for you to get this out of your system because you are grieving and your body is wants and needs to get that grief out. You need to shed a tear. You need to shed a tear. That's important. Shedding a tear is very important. Letting it out. Let it out. That is so important to your, to your physical and spiritual makeup. It's so important. So we grieve. We do grieve. It's healthy to grieve. It is unhealthy not to grieve. It is unhealthy not to grieve. You are designed to grieve. It is a good thing given to us by our Father.
0: Amen. Thank Amen. you, thank you, thank you, Rabbi. And I know you—you you have to know the signs of your depression. Like mine is when I'm depressed, I sleep, or when I'm depressed, I feel all alone. You can have a million in people in the room that love you, and you feel all alone. That is depression, and you have to know the sign to say, "I gotta." Like uh, Gideon was saying, to get up and move around. And start reading some scriptures and feed my spirit and doing things that I need to do for myself self care or talk to someone or cry and let it out or or, like the rabbi said just scream, but you guys you have to come out of it, but you have to know when you're in it too. Anyone else. I just thought that was a topic we need to address because it's, it's on the land. Um, and if you not experienced, just keep living, you're going to go through it. Death is inevitable. And so it, it's, you're going to go through it and you need to hear some of these things that we just said to come out of it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't let go of the Lord's hand because that's the time you need it the most. And that's when you need to talk to him. Sometimes you need to talk to people. But spiritually, to come out of that brokenness, only he's going to be able to do it. Anybody else before we move on?
1: I'll
3: say this in closing. Let me just one second. I would be grieving and you would never know it.
0: And that's, I don't know if that's good or bad. Who am I to judge? I I grieve and people don't know it because I don't like to share it. And, and, you know, I think because when my sister was dying, I felt like if I let it loose, then my mother would die because here it is, her daughter died. I had to be strong for her on 15 and my mother had heart problems. So I always was like, oh, I can't show my grief because I need to be strong for her. And I can remember somebody dying in my school. And there was like, whoever, I didn't even know this person. Come down for counseling. I'm crying about a person I don't know because I had never let that out. But it came out. I've it's had that
4: on. experience as well. It's going to come um,
0: out. Go ahead and um, call Lisa.
4: I've had that experience as well several times. Uh, the most recent um, was last week, I think. Uh, a friend of my mother's um, had her daughter in law's sister had had a 60th birthday party, and they were uh, having a party for her and her daughter was there. Uh, the woman's daughter was there and they were having a great time and the party ended and the daughter went home and passed away. And she was celebrating, but then at the same time had to grieve. That's very mixed emotions. You know, you're happy and you're sad and you're happy and you're sad and that's hard. I can't imagine that. I, that's, I don't know how that feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was just last weekend. Um, My mother passed three years ago in December, but I wasn't sad and that was surprising to me because I always told my mom, you know, my mother and I were very close and I did not know what I would do if my mother had passed, but I did not react the way that I thought that I was supposed to react, I was glad because my mother had been ill. And then I think the weekend before we had gone because it was Thanksgiving, I believe it was. Um, so we had gone and uh, I had had the opportunity to worship over her and it felt so good. I also, uh, we also got a four generation picture, four girls, our, da- our granddaughter, our daughter, myself and my mom. So that's a treasure to me. And that's what I remind people of when someone in their life passes, to remember the treasures of that person that you have, not the grief, not the sorrow, because that's gonna be there. It's like a rock that's gonna be there, but remember the fun times, you know, even if you lose a pet and pets are family members, you know, uh, they're family members. You hear our dogs back here barking. I mean, he controls so much, but that's sorrowful when they're not there anymore. And so you have to know what your triggers are, how to handle that, who to talk to, talk to somebody and tell them exactly how you feel. Talk to Hashem mm-hmm. and say exactly the words that are in your head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've heard people curse. I've heard people say all kinds of stuff. But if it's in your head, say it mm-hmm. and get it out because if it, you do not get it out, it will manifest itself some other kind of way in your body. Mm -hmm. So you have to get that out.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: But at the time when my brother called me up to the podium to talk, uh, speak on my mom's behalf, and I gave all the information and what I needed to do, I was glad, I was smiling because she was at peace. She, you know, my mother came from a family of, I could say 14, I could say seven, every time, My grandmother had a baby, one died, one died, one would die. So she was of the last seven. And of that last seven, she was the last one of her generation. It reminds me of the brothers, um, the 12 uh, brothers um, that Jacob had, I believe it was, that Jacob had.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: And she was the last one. And I could hear all of her sisters. She had one brother. I could hear all of them say, Madeline, come on here. We're tired of waiting on you. Come on. But my mother roller skated. I learned to roller skate at two years old. So I lived in the roller skating rink. I, I could imagine them saying, get off the skating floor and come on, we're waiting. You know, But those are the good memories that I have of my aunts and uncle and my mother. I don't have any sorrow that she's gone because I know that she moved from that house to a new house. There used to be a song or is a song. I moved from my old house. Mm -hmm. You know, and so she's moved from that house. And I'm sure the new house that she's in, quote unquote, is a better house. She's at peace. She don't have to do nothing. Mm -hmm. She don't have to cook. She don't have to clean. She don't have to tell anybody to do anything. She is right where she should be. And so I hope that for my family, when that time comes for myself or anyone else, they can say, mama moved to a new house. She's not here anymore. She's okay. So remember the great times, the good times, the fun times, the candy, the popcorn, the whatever that you all did when you were together. The one thing I hear my mom on my shoulder all the time. Okay, mama, okay, I know I got to do this. I know I got to say this. My mother is right here present with me. Her body's not, but her voice in my ear is. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I hold on to my mom. Mm -hmm. I know the things I have to do. I know what to do. But when I have a question, I'll just think, what did mama say about this? What did mama say how to do this? And I remember, and I can hear it in her own voice. Mm -hmm. So be at peace. They're not somewhere uh, tragic, you know, and those do happen.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: But remember the great times that you all had together, the things that you shared the clothing that she may have passed down to you or her jewelry, whatever you have of your, uh, your spouse, your husband, your uh, wife, your children, remember those things because those things bring you joy. And that's what you want to do at a time of sorrow and grief. You want to have joy.
0: Amen. Th- thank you for sharing that. And one of the key things you said is, Even if you need the cuss, because I was angry about some deaths we had had three in one year and i'm like mad at God, like I said, it comes a borderline blasphemy. And I had to really talk to him about it, and he came to see about me about that situation and then you like, like you said, sometimes it's a relief because they're not suffering anymore, but what about the ones that just die all of a sudden, you know that's Mm -hmm. a shell. That's a shell shocker to you. My mother did died all of a sudden. I heard her last breath. And so like Mother's Day, it didn't bother me. People expect you to cry on Mother's Day. No, but I can be in a, a store and see that little candy corn for Halloween. She liked that. I could break down looking at that. Or my husband be getting on my nerves and I'll start crying because I'll be thinking if my mother was alive right now, you would not be saying or doing this. Because <laughs> right. I would call her and she would get you straight. It's just some things and you just have to give it over to God. And it's it's, it's a process. And I'm like, Rabbi, I don't want to share my grief with nobody. I'll go yeah. in the room, shut the door and and do it on my own and then come out the next day and I'm fine. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's it. but you have to get through it. You have yes. to you. How do you deal with grief? And that's what the subject is. And, and, and it will take you under. And Rabbi said something about like, well, money is not grief in situations, but sometimes it is. If you've gambled all your money on this investment and your kids can't eat or their tuition is gone, that's grief to people. Mm hmm. Or if you are dating someone, you're a rabbi, I've been married a long time. You're living with someone, you're dating, you have a baby, whatever the situation, and y'all have to break up. That is Mm grief. You've been with this person all this time. You have to literally mourn Mm them. You do. You do. And you have to get through this. There's attachments Mm -hmm. with people. And that's
4: what Hashem understands when you uh, voice your anger because he understands the situation. And I don't believe that he would punish or uh, reject you for profanity. It's the way that you do it or to whom you would do it. I don't think that he would be mad at you Mm -hmm. uh, under those circumstances because he knows what has gone on. He knows how people, he knows that we are, the scripture said in Psalm 103, he knows that we are flesh. Well, Mm -hmm. you're
0: talking to him. So that's Mm -hmm. the first step. Because you're communicating with him, so he know you're leaning on him.
3: Or remember, when a person is cussing, I meaning <laughs> using strong language, that's different from cursing. Right, and cussing right. is not going to be a sin. Cursing, putting a curse right. on somebody, now nah, you're stepping over the line. Right, now, right. strong language, ah, they strong language. We're, all we're just
0: talking about questioning and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and <laughs> some anger that that may come out.
3: Yeah, and so oh, yeah. uh,
0: these the, are the, some French. These are things that 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 people are dealing with, and yeah, yeah. you know when you when you close to retirement, and then they all of a sudden say, "Hey, we're gonna let you go." It's a pandemic yes. going on. <laughs> retire? That's grief. You right. you was about to retire.
3: You know what? Yeah, that's just, not necessarily true. That's not necessarily true. It depends on your frame of mind. When I went to work one day, I walked in on the manager. I had thirty five engineers working on me. I went in there and they told me, "We don't need your position anymore." I'm a money maker. I got, 30, we're making money. And, then, and that was six years ago. Everybody's not as strong so, as you, Raffi. So when Kyle. they did that, you know what I said? I said, I'm retired. <laughs> and they looked at me and they shocked. I said, I'm retired. You know? Everybody, not, everybody, not everybody,
0: everybody's not as strong as you. And that's so, why we're talking you know, about how you're going to handle it.
3: That's why I said, depends on your frame of mind, you know, and, and where you are, because for many people like that, they'll say, ooh, this is an opportunity. Look at it as an opportunity. I can start a business. Now. I'm not going to look for no job. I get an right. I'll go get another, start myself a business. You know, uh, you're in a perfect time of life. So that's how it is your perspective. It is it's the it's the people that you hang out with, the mentality right. and the and the and the way people think. If you if you hang out with a crowd of people that think like that, that think the way, you know, that's how mm-hmm. you're gonna deal. The same way that your peers do. See, so it's important mm-hmm. to get yourself around people that are like-minded, that are striving to do the same things that have maybe been through some of the same things, but it makes a difference. Your surroundings, the people around you make a big difference on how you're going to act and react in certain, certain circumstances, whether it be grief or stress, or you know whatever it may be. The people that you hang with, if they're people of faith, people that really really believe and know how to believe i mean you know not, not just in word only and just in theory but actually in practical practice those people you know it's their strength it's that mutual anointing that that corporate i call it corporate anointing that's flowing mm-hmm. in that group of people that will carry you in your lowest points and you, you don't even know
0: you are so right, Rabbi. That's right. So it can become an mm-hmm. opportunity. That severance pay they give you right before they let you go, you can use that to build you a business. You exactly. can to do what you need to invest. You can use that. You're right. You have to get around people that's going to lift you. You're going to mm-hmm. have to get around people that, 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 that build you up, that not leeches, that just tearing you down and pulling from you all the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Your, your, your circle is very important when you are down and out. Mm-hmm. that's who you know when your friends are when you down and out you don't have anything when, when, it, when times are tough mm-hmm. everybody likes a winner but what about yeah. when you're losing <laughs> what about when you're snoozing what about when you're crying then what
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> surprisingly enough I'm winning enough, anyway, I'm winning um, anyway.
4: <laughs> surprisingly enough my mother and my husband worked at the same place and when we moved away that's what happened to my mom Mm-hmm. She, they gave her, uh, told her that they didn't need her anymore, US Steel. And so she had to leave and she was wondering, what am I going to do now? But when my husband left, uh, was let go from his job, that was opportunity. So mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of both of these, you know, but you got, you have to remember who's going to encourage you because you need encouragement, not discouragement. You need encouragement
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: so it's, it's it depends on you know your your frame of mind and your surroundings
0: right and who gonna let you sleep on their couch if they don't have an extra room you got a couch those are your mm-hmm. friends you put an air mattress on the floor those are the kind of friends you need at this time Build mm-hmm. a the little tent in the living room go ahead sister daniel <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was just thinking that, um, and then Rabbi said part of it where it's like each time is different. It's definitely been different each time for for us, you know, with with the losses that we've had. And um, but there are some things that are consistent for me, you know, and everyone is different. I tend to be, someone would even say super spiritual. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so for me, that is the first place I'm going to go. You know, I, and there have been times where I, I cry. And so the consistent thing is that the crying happens every time, sometimes right away, sometimes late, sometimes it gets held. And I when I say late, I mean, it can be years, Yeah, you know, and, and then all of a sudden it comes out and I'm like, why am I crying watching this show, you know, where this happened? And then this, the rock will just say, you never cry. <laughs> you never let it out. So you're letting it out now because you didn't, yeah. you know, so there's, there's the, Fine. there's the the praying or what I call the secret place where I think that the greatest strength of me the reason why I appear strong to others is because I know I'm weak you know and because I know I'm weak then I know who I have to rely on and so I rely probably on him more than others around me you know so I go okay what are we going to do about this you know yeah what are we going to do about this I you know this is too much for me to handle how are we going to handle this so it's never a, how am I going to handle this it's a how are we going to handle this? Cause you let this happen. You are watching over me. I believe that, you know, your angels are guiding, protecting, and you know, you're, you're doing what your word says you'll do. So that means you already knew, you know, before the foundations of the world. So what are we going to do about this? So that's the approach I usually take. And the answers are not always the same, yeah. you know, the answers are not always the same, The how am I supposed to respond to this is not always the same. Sometimes there's a, a plan given you know, walk this step out. And then sometimes it's as I go, you know, the the guidance comes, Mm -hmm. you know, and then there's the treasuring of the moments that helps me get through to the experience, which is a weird one, you know, because a lot of times from first for a lot of my losses, I lost a lot of children and for a lot of those losses, you know, people would think it's strange because I didn't get to see them, you know, some of them. And then even if I did, I never heard, you know, their voice. But yet, still, I have memories. I have things that I treasure and things that I remember and personality that I experience. And I believe that's a thing from Hashem also, you know, that I could have that much detail when some might not, because perhaps he knew that the time would be short. So every moment became a thing for me. And so it also means that those that are present with me, they're more treasured and more cherished because I know you know, that life is not certain more than than others might realize. I know that, you know, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the person you're enjoying right now, you might not enjoy in the future. And so that's lesson learned, you know, and so I take that with me and I understand that. But, um, you know, and then I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the fact, and, and I talk it out with whom he'll allow me to talk it out with. So I don't hold and which is a unique thing for me that is definitely a taught thing by his spirit because my personality is more to close the door lock the door turn off the lights but um through him I actually end up talking more and you know which even my family members would say they're grateful for and they realize you know that I talk it out because they know it could be the other way around but that helps because one of the spaces which I know that you know the negative space can dwell in is in the secret and the holding Mm -hmm. and the not talking things out and not letting them out the more that we just hide and, and stay in our closed corners the more things can fester they can get worse they can take another turn so it's in the communicating with with whom will allow you to and if you need the professional space by all means I've not tried that I've not gotten to the point where I need it but some people do and and I've I've known people who do, and I've noticed when people do that maybe you should you know get a little more help than just a conversation with me you know, and you have to know that you about yourself, and you have to know if you're in that place you know before it gets too dangerous you know, and so you know but but the 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 most consistent and the most precious one to me is that secret space because it kind of guides me and that secret place, because it kind of guides me into what I need to do next. And so I know that even though, you know, grief is always going to be with us, someone's going to, that is around us, we may lose, you know, but, um, and I may not know, I do not, I can't have a set plan for how I'm going to feel and, and how I should respond, but I do have a person, I do have the one who does have a set plan, who does know how I should respond to this, to get through it, you know, and I trust him to do that. That is the beauty of having a relationship, a personal relationship with Most High, you know, is that we have him in those times. And as I believe when I was listening to all of you in different ways, because he's personal, like he knows what we need, you know, in our situation, you know,
0: so. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you, Sister Daniels. And nobody can tell you what to grieve about. Those were your unborn children or or they were born. That, that's your grief. That's... And, you know, as people, as we're sitting here telling you this, you know how I know we've been healed because we can talk about it. When yes. you, if, if we can sit here, this is not easy for us to say these things. And because God has delivered us, that means we've been delivered from it. We can talk about it. And that's why we're telling you how to deal with it. Some people, you said something very important. They need therapy. Some people may need some medication. There's professionals that can deal with this, especially if you're having suicidal thoughts. There's 1-800 numbers. How are you going to deal with your grief? How do you deal with grief is the topic. And we're sharing these things that's very intimate and personal with us because we've dealt with them too. We've had to deal with these issues.
3: Yeah, that was powerful because yeah, sometimes you need a professional some professional intervention sometimes, you know. So I have to, for me, being in a leadership position, I have to understand that I don't have all the answers, right? And so we have to be able to pass it to someone that does have the answers. And being able to talk it out, as Daniel said, being able to talk it out sometimes, it helps, right? I can, as I think about it, when the day that Akota Lisa and I left Gary, Indiana to come to Houston, Texas, We got to Houston, Texas to my friend's house where we were going to stay until we got settled in. And they told me when I got there, he was looking at me kind of funny, and he said, your mother passed. The police have been trying to find you on the road. She passed as soon as you left. And so I had to turn around and go right back home again. right? So that was my mother. And and what I think about at times is that I miss my mother. There are things that I really want to talk to her about, but I can never talk to her about it in her face right now. You know, but I can still hear her counseling in in my heart because she's there, and and so and then you know there were a few years later. Well, I, my when my second brother passed, second to the oldest brother, he passed, and then six months later, my older brother passed. On the way home from work, he sat at the start and had a, and a heart attack, and then his daughters died within six months of each other a few years ago, and then. My second sister, second eldest sister and my younger brother passed within six months of each other. You see? And all of these, you know, I think about them because we you know these are people in the, in the household. But it's thinking about them and the things we used to do, those things help, right? And, and to be able to talk about them with other people reminds you that, hey, life goes on. They would have wanted you to go on. And the best thing that we can do who are still on this side is to honor them in the way that we live our lives. We honor them in the way we live our lives and be an example to other people around us. Those things will help you in times when you're down, when you really start to going down. Those things can lift you up, right? Again, talking with people, remembering the good things, and knowing that tomorrow the sun will shine if you will allow it
0: amen amen (laughs) and when you say going on like i think my mother would be proud that i took care of her three grandkids Mm -hmm. after my sister and her died so that made me want to live that that was my meaning right there to live Mm -hmm. for them to take care of them and so and then rabbi talking about all these deaths it's okay for men to cry we got to understand that too that that that's not a sign of weakness when somebody passes let that man cry Hold your partner, hmm. him or her. Yeah. They need you at yeah. that time. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it's just it is it's delicate. And then the topic is how do you deal with grief? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with grief?
3: I like, have another you, one for you. I have so another go story ahead, Rabbi. This We're one. This about it. Mm-hmm. with my sister. Yeah, we just keep this going. Let's just keep it going. Cause I, I'm thinking about my second oldest sister, when she passed here in Houston, she came to Houston after I did. And she's, so she was a nurse, retired nurse. Loved my daughter because they both are nurses, you know? And when she got sick, it was, it was a, a building up thing, you know? And she's strong-willed, you have to know her. Too. She's very strong-willed and, and like you. a <laughs> like you, okay, you're like her, right? Strong-willed, right? <laughs> so she's in the hospital. Um, her son coming to well, you know, Leons in the hospital. hospitals. So I went to see her, and she had lost circulation, and she had been in there for a few days. And she's, I said, well, I'm gonna come back and see you, and and uh, the doctors were saying, well, she's losing circulation, and we're gonna amputate her legs. And she's sitting there. She's a nurse now. She's sitting there. She's laying there, and she was, I guess, semi-conscious, and she's in the bed. She's listening, right? And they were saying, you know, how she was going to live afterward. I think that she willed herself to the other side. You understand uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. She chose yeah. to mm-hmm. go to the other side rather than to live, you know, in a wheelchair.
0: Mm-hmm. Or,
3: you know, she chose. I think. I think that sometimes people choose rather than. Oh, be I, I
0: believe that too. Yeah. A yeah. broken heart. You yeah. hear a couple, one spouse died, the other one will die next week or, yeah. or the, the next, next day. day. Or the and same day. Hearts do kill people. But like I said, brother. God has a time and date, but it happens.
3: Yeah. That and, happened to my younger brother. And, and, his and wife. I'm going to tell
0: you something else. Sometimes, because God, He gives me this discernment, I can see death on people sometimes. I will grieve them before they pass. I, I, I just, I don't know. I can be ride down the street and I just started to get in the sad and I see the person's face and I get the crime before it even happens, before they even get sick. I just know something is going to take place and it don't even have to be that person. It's just, my spirit start grieving sometimes. And then within weeks, my husband will tell you somebody passes. It's like, I'm being prepared. It's like I'm, uh, I'm being prepared for it. Well, don't
3: you be looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I say it on the funny side, but that happened to my younger brother. I got a lot of stories because I've been around a while, right? <laughs> I've been around, you know. So my younger brother passed, and his wife passed the same week. And they were young, in their early 50s, both of them. They loved, I didn't know they loved each other that much. You know, you just don't know. And he passed, and then, by the way, she passed within the week.
0: That happens. I've known people that happen to, too. Yeah. And to me, it's like a beautiful thing. It's like, wow. Yeah. They're that, their heart is that intertwined that they're yeah. broken and they just go. Mm. And So um, we poured out our souls to you. I think we needed to have that conversation. There's, there's grief in the land and you have got to go on. God has a purpose for you in your life. And, and he has a time and date for you. Live out your days until that time and date. He has miraculous work for you to do. If it's just loving on like that guy was telling me today, adopting some kids. He he had changed a whole, that's called the butterfly theory, a whole generation by taking them and not letting them go to a home. Yeah. And another one, the mother had beat the baby up. The baby was all broken. He said, it's so much joy every day he get up and the baby's now out of a cast six months and he says every day it helps him to see this little baby before he goes to work this is a 55 year old man but god he has work for you to do um we've done our hour we needed to do this conversation <laughs> um so the parashaw, thank you everybody for pouring your hearts out. I, I think we needed to have this conversation and I know it's going to help someone. I know it is. I know it is. Uh, our parashaw this week was numbers 13 through 15 up to the 41 verse. Uh, the new parashaw is number 16 through 18, 16 to 18 up to the 32nd mm-hmm. verse. Uh, Rabbi Afshalam. If you can just give us a summary of what the parishal uh, was for the last week, I know we've taken up the hour, so if you just give us like a, a five minutes on it, and then we can just go ahead and close out in prayer.
3: Okay, it's um the parashaw is really um, unique in that it talks about you know. When the the father, if if you don't trust him, if you don't trust him, he gives you all these signs and wonders. He expects you to, especially if you, his child, to follow through on it and not be so negative. Just trust him, just trust him, right? He doesn't change.
0: You moved your camera, by the way, go ahead.
3: Did I I lose my camera?
0: No, you moved it. Only the top of your head is showing, but go ahead. Uh, Is it? Uh Oh, let me
3: fix that. Oh, I'm short. There I'm you go. Short. That's called getting short. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, again, it's talking about going into the land and going into and to take the land. This is something that is yours. If he gives it to you, he expects you to go out and, and get it, right? So there's some things that are ours and not for anyone else. And so he expects it, but to turn on him and to murmur against his leadership is just like you're turning on him. And that can cause you Problems in life. So if you are so if you have been chosen or you are his and he expects you to do certain things, and you wonder why you keep going in the circle in the same circle, doing the same things, is because you need to make a decision. Repent and go in the right direction. In other words, you be and otherwise you'll be going in the same circle over and over again. You'll rise up and fall down. Keep rising and falling until you understand that there is a path that has been chosen for you and you need to find that path and get on it. and that is to obey his word basically that's what it is obey his word and so you see that there are two young men that went caleb and, and joshua yeshua all right who went into the gave a good report and they went into the land then when they got into the land he said you know if you make a, an unintentional sin it is forgivable. In this parashaw, in that 14, you get in the 14th chapter, it talks about for un, unintentional sins, right? That's forgivable. But when you do it intentionally, then it's on you. They call it correct. You, you, the, the heavenly court is going to deal with you when you intentionally sin. So people that make up their mind, they're going to sin. If you are going to sin and think that the blood of Yeshua is going to save you, guess what? That seed is coming up because he does not change. If you think that you can live any kind of way you want to and be his and believe on his son, you better change your direction and line up with the word. No matter what you're doing or no matter who you think you are, no matter what position you're in, you need to line up with the word. That's what this message is telling. And then he gave us the command in the land. There are some things that pertain to us in the land. Right now we're outside the land. One of those things is um, the uh, sacrifice, the sacrificial, sacrificial offerings. We don't do those anymore, but what we do do, if you look on page 14 in our, in the West African Jews of the diaspora in here, page 14 in the Siddur, you'll find that there are some offerings that we do. And those offerings are our prayers. And, it, and we, we talk about those in that Sudura. So if you don't have that Sudor, you need to get that Sudura, turn to page 14 and, and read that in the prayers. Every morning you should be, you know, well, you don't have to read that every morning, but it'd be good to, to be familiar with it. It's in there so you to read it for you to read it every day before you go into your prayers. Uh, but it's there. And again, that is our sacrifice, our sacrificial system today. That is your prayers. Okay. Uh, and it's twice a day or three times a day, if you want to. That's this, And then it talks about the zitzit, okay? The zitzit is, is supposed to be incorporated in our clothing, right? And that's no matter what, it should be included. Inc- and there's no, the, the design about it is, it says all around. But today they only put on four corners of their garments. But for us as Israelites, we say it goes all the way around the fringes go all the way around the bottom of the garment whereas but it's okay if you put it just in the four corners and use the tassels that's fine because the, the purpose of it is the principle is to look at the blue thread and remind you of the commandments so we have the so you have you'll see orthodox Jews and you see those that are halakhally want to be halakhally sound as they call it that are following the mitzvot you see us wearing the tzitzit right and it's supposed to be incorporated into your clothing, not just stuck on with a pin. but it should be in there again. And so that's in the commandment. That is our commandment. That is not for the Jews, that's for all of Israel. And it says also that there should be one teaching, one law for the stranger and for the Israelites. That's in there in that 15th chapter. And and also in the 14th chapter when it talks about the sacrifices, there is one teaching. This is important. There's one teaching for those that are converts, those that are Israelites born, or or it says, um, you know, that are Israelites indeed. Everyone that is going to take up the yoke of Torah, there's one teaching. So we're all responsible for wearing the zizi, men. If women want to wear them, they can wear them. But for men, we should whether you wear it all the way around the, the whole thing like the Israelites do, or if you do it like the Jews do with the tassel, it's all good. It is to remind not me but to remind you right it's like the policeman when you see that thing going that means you need to straighten up it's not for the world system it's for those that believe in torah when we see that it reminds us see we think we're wearing it to remind ourselves no we're we're wearing them to remind other israelites other jews that they are bound by the covenant. that's what we call it bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah that's the child and the son of the what, the mitzvot or the commandments. So this parashah at the end talks about our mitzvot, wearing the zitzit. So if you are confused about that, you wear them. We're supposed to wear them. If you don't have the proper zitzit, if you can't do it properly, then don't do it. Don't do it. If it's not proper, don't do it. It's better not to do it if it's improper. Do it properly, either all the way around, or the four corners with the t- if you don't have the blue dye because we don't have the proper blue dye you know you can get something close to it or just wear the white that's fine because the whole idea of it is to remind other israelites and when you see it on them it reminds you of it because you see it on somebody else and it'll make you straighten up so if you don't have the zz's get you some zz's okay get you some zz's
0: Thank you much, so much for the word, Rabbi Avshalom Ben Yochai. We thank you so much, uh, the faithful servant that the Lord has sent us. Yahweh has sent us to deliver the word. We thank you, everyone, um, all the ministers, the sisters, the panel, the brother who have poured their soul out today on how to deal with grief. We uh, we pray that that's blessed you, and we know it's going to bless someone. Um, Rabbi Avshalom, if you can just give us the closing prayer, please. Okay.
3: Oh, let's see, this is Shabbat. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord be gracious unto your smile upon you. May the Lord cause call, call his face to shine upon you and may he grant you his peace. Shalom, shalom, shalom aleichem. Amen.
0: Thank you. Amen. Mm -hmm. We pray that this bless you. We pray that you're dealing with your grief. We pray that you cry out to Yahweh. We pray that you share this episode because people need to see this. Yahweh, we invite you into our homes. We invite you to our lives. We invite you into our lifestyle. Anything we said or done that that is not of you, we say we're sorry. We put no God before our God. We thank you Lord for another opportunity to serve you. We thank you that you're building your people up. We thank you that the nation is coming together. We thank you that even with this abortion situation that um you're 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 binding that up too. We thank you that Lord, you're just in control of everything. We thank you that you're mending broken hearts right now. We thank you that you're giving peace beyond understanding. We thank you that what didn't break people is making them stronger. We pray for their strength. We pray that you give them a sound mind. We pray for the understanding of the word of God, that they don't miss the blessings and the promises that you have given us. We we thank you for the intimate relationship that people are going to have with you after listening to this, that they're gonna talk to you and they say, we're gonna try this God. We're gonna try this Yahshua and Yahweh. We're gonna try what these folks on the Hebrew congregation just said. I'm gonna try it. We thank you that you're gonna be healed when you do. We love you all. We look forward to seeing you next Saturday. Leave your email address, share the episode and join us. Shalom.
1: Shalom, shalom. Shalom aleichem. Um, okay.